0: In the um, earth, there are basically two spirits. There's a spirit, it says in Ephesians, that worketh in the children of disobedience. And there's that which alone is God. And um, basically everyone's under one of, one of, of those powers. Everyone. Uh, The children of disobedience. And of course the people who are God's people are the children of obedience. And um, God demands and expects obedience. He gives the Holy Spirit to them who obey him. And what has happened in Christendom is a total compromise in the sense that Christianity in this day and age, has tried to make the gospel acceptable to people. And it has watered down the gospel. And um, in watering down the gospel, it has come to a place where um, they try and make it acceptable to, to everyone. But you can't make Christianity acceptable. I, I, you won't win people to Jesus Christ by making friends with them. Because friendship with the world is enmity against God. All you do is end up making yourself an enemy of God. The carnal mind is enmity against God. Cannot be subject to the law of God. And what has happened is, uh, especially in Western churches, there's this evil culture that's come in that tries to prostitute the true faith And bring us into a realm where anything goes. Well, I want to tell you, God is God. And what he says is right is right. And what he says is wrong is wrong. And obedience is a necessity for every child of God. And if you're a child of disobedience, there's a spirit working in you that is not God. End of story. You can't be with a foot in both camps. the Marie Chal who was the um, daughter of William Booth who was probably uh, the only person who's ever led revival in France in Paris uh, tremendous spirit filled woman who ended up going to America and marrying uh, the man who founded um, Zion City uh, Dowie Um, became Dowie's wife but she had a tremendous gift tremendous power and um, she says this in, in one of her writings she says and you all ought to get hold of it I mean the books are out of print naturally because they're good you know they prefer to print Agatha Christie's stories on how to make a million But here we are. Jesus was crucified. Ever since that day, men have tried to find an easier way. But the easier ways fail. If you would win thousands who are without God, you must be ready to be crucified. Your plans, your ideas, your likes, and your inclinations. Things have changed, you say. There is liberty now. Is there? Go and live Christ's life. Speak as he spoke. Teach what he taught. Denounce sin wherever you find it. And see if the enemy will not turn on you with all the fury of hell. Make no mistake. In spite of all the science and enlightenment of the 19th century, Calvary is Calvary today. Christ wasn't crucified in the drawing room. He was no easy chair business. The world needs an army of men and women who can face Calvary, and that means coming down low. Do you shrink from being baited, misrepresented, and spoken evil of? It is time you were crucified. Come down, my brother. Come down, my sister." There is such wonderful blessing and peace down here. Make haste and come down. Lose your life. You will never be happy. Never be free. Never be more than conquerors until you do. She wrote that uh, in the last century. Uh, And the same old battle goes on, doesn't it? Um, People represent a simple gospel, an easy gospel. They want to tell you, well, you know, God comes to liberate you to do what you want. And the cross and calvary and commitment and total abandonment of yourself for God's will is left out. But the truth is that it's another gospel, another way, another Jesus, and it's a lie. You can only come one way to God. That's through Jesus Christ. Calvary is where it's all at. No other way. You can't come to God a cheap way. And the gospel demands everything. There is no sense in which you can say, well, I can choose what I want to do. You know, it's... Uh, Christianity is accept Christ and, and then I can live how I want as I say so often what you are in this building isn't Christian it's what you are when you walk out that door how you live in your home, your family how you live in your business that is what you are make no mistake about it it's your life you live this is an interlude in life where we come to hear the word of God just an interlude it's not Christianity better promises, better hope, better life We have the Christ living within us. I live nevertheless, not I, but Christ liveth in me. It's God inside. Uh, We've got a lot of teaching that comes from the Psalms. When a man keeps teaching from the Psalms, it's because he hadn't come to Christ. If he came to Christ, he'd realize that it testifies of Jesus. But a lot of the experiences are experiences which happen in the tabernacle and they aren't for us at all. we live different and if you understand that you understand where people come from Uh, and jesus filled me with a holy ghost changed my life changed my nature inside liberated me inside from the power of sin broke the chains hey everything was different i wasn't the person i was born when i got born again and if you haven't been born again and liberated and set free by the truth of Jesus Christ you're not a Christian you might know a lot about Jesus but you're not a Christian if you still know the old man fighting in you you're not a Christian because one thing is uh, my Bible says if any man be in Christ is a new creation Old things are passed away well when someone passes away what happens? he's gone isn't he? all things become new and and all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself. People don't like to carry on with the scripture, they like to stop at a certain point because it's convenient. And new birth transforms the life. And then you know you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. What's happened is a lot of people have got filled with the wrong ghost. Not the Holy Ghost. When we started the church years ago, one thing God spoke to me, and, and I, I want to bring you back. This is, this is the whole basis of my, my belief and God's belief. And you'll find it in Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, a book that... Um, If you want to argue who the author was, you'll find it on chapter 1, verse 1, first word. God. Uh, So that settles that. If you want to say, well, was it Paul or God wrote it. Uh, And that's good enough for me. Um, But in Hebrews chapter 3, good authorised version. Uh, Please. I don't want any perversion. You know, there's people say uh, NIV. I mean, you know well i'm just prejudice and says this and i want to talk to each one of you okay you know you're building something in your life everyone is every day you build something unless you're just one of those people who does nothing in life and you just live for nothing then uh, what a shame I meet a lot of people in the earth, after they've died, no one will know they've been here. Terrible thing to have actually not been part of building anything in the earth. God intends us to be builders. And everyone is. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 4, For every house is builded by some man. But he that builds all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? Now we are the house of the habitation of god if we hold fast you don't let things go you hold them fast and i find christians are very very um, laxadaisical. they think when they come to christ and they get filled with the holy ghost they become careless you've got to hold things fast don't ever think That it's all right just to live any old way. You hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope. Firm unto the end. What is the hope? When we see him, we're going to be like him. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Find that in 1 John 3. All right? That's the hope. In other words, to be like Jesus. People in the earth don't need friendship. They need Christ. Big difference. A thief will be a friend with a thief. Jesus said so. What happens? People need Jesus, don't they? Hmm? Hey, you know, honesty and integrity are things that have to come. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, verse 7, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, where your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said, they do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest take heed brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God now unbelief is nothing to do with not believing that God exists do understand that Um, unbelief and the definition the biblical definition unbelief defined by God it's nothing to do with not believing that God exists because the devil knows God exists. And most people, no matter what you think, uh, you know God from inside. Even if you say you don't believe in Him, you still know because God's a true and faithful witness. There no, I've never met an atheist. I met people who claim to be, but everyone has the witness of God within because He's lighted every man that comes into the world, he says so. in John's Gospel, chapter 1. But the thing you have to understand, and it's so important to understand, is unbelief is not knowing the ways of God. They erred in their hearts and have not known my ways. That was the evil heart of unbelief. They rejected the ways of God. And they departed from the living God. See, what we have to understand is our life is to live according to the ways of God. We have come and we are Christians on the basis of obedience. We obey what God tells us we should do. That is belief and faith. And unbelief is departing from the ways of the living God. You decide I don't want to live his way. I want to live a different way. That is unbelief. That's God's definition. And most people don't know that. They think, uh, and the most important thing you need to know in life is the way God wants you to be. And the one thing the devil wants to do is convince you that an alternative lifestyle is okay. It isn't. You're departing from the living God if you choose to believe a lie Adam and Eve when they were tempted the temptation wasn't don't believe the God who created everything don't believe in the creator that wasn't the temptation the temptation the devil came with is you can be like gods you can know good and evil you can be on an equal plane with God you have a right to choose your destiny that was what the devil was saying he was a deceiver Now what they didn't do, they didn't believe the way God had laid it down. Don't eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't. And they chose to go a different way than God's way. And Christians have got to understand when you become a Christian, there's a way of life. And it's called Calvary. And it's called self denial And it's called taking up your cross and it's called following him. And if you depart from that, you've departed from the living God. And most Christians start off full of enthusiasm to be 100% committed and then when things go on and circumstances change, they forget their commitment. And they begin to live for themselves. And the enemy of our souls Is artful in robbing us of that commitment. He wants you to believe it's all right to live anyway. You know, all things are lawful, but Paul says all things aren't expedient. I find a lot of Christians, they're asking the question well, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? Nothing. The trouble is, is it in the ways of God or isn't it? That's a big question. Is it God's will for your life or not? You know you can do all the right things for the wrong motive and destroy your soul. There's a lot of people who go out and they so-called work for God when God never called them to work for him. They destroy their lives. They end up in a total mess. Now, how did they end up doing it? Well, they chose their will instead of God's will. That's why there's so many um, preachers out there that bore people to death every Sunday. And in Ezekiel, you'll find God says that people need deliverance from the shepherds. They don't need deliverance from demons. Get rid of the shepherds who aren't true shepherds, who are really harlings. And then the people will be okay. I find wherever I go in the world, the problem isn't the people. Common people hear you gladly. The problem was the religious people who are trying to manipulate and con them. That's the way it is. Wherever you go in the world. Uh, And God brings up a lament in Ezekiel against the shepherds. Woe unto you shepherds. Hmm. I think it should be compulsory reading for every would-be pastor every day of his life the woes watch out Uh, but there are too many people who are in the ministry who shouldn't be Luke 6 verse 45 look in scripture Luke 6 verse 45 you know, years ago I, I met a man who'd come back from Africa who had been a missionary for 40 years in Nigeria actually. He was a Methodist. And I went to see him. I, 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 he, must have, he must have been 65 or 67 and he sent for me. And I at the time was 24, 25, maybe 26. long time ago almost in the last century it seems and I remember going to see the man and he sent for me because he'd heard of the miracles and he'd seen people filled with the Holy Ghost and I went and I talked with this dear old man who'd given his life to be a missionary in Africa and I shall never forget his face as I talked with him about the Jesus I know. Tears began to trickle down those cheeks. And he said to me. Do you know. He said. I always. I love to preach. He said. But I found it so hard to talk to people personally about Jesus. I found it so hard to express it. He said. I haven't got what you've got. I remember that dear old man kneeling down. Tears streaming down his face and i prayed for him and god filled him with a holy ghost and he spoke in tongues (laughs) i believe in the gifts on a power. god totally transformed his life and my last picture of that man we talked for maybe three or four hours and i had to go and i remember him sitting on the chair a big smile on his face tears still going down his cheeks And he said to me, the waste, the waste. I wasted all those years. It wasn't worth anything. I never told them about Jesus. What a terrible thing to come to the end of your life. It was retired. Didn't know. See, the ways of God are past finding out. You can't find them out. But when God lives in you, he lives the ways in you. See, it's the life of Christ. If you've got Jesus in you, you can't live a Christian life. Jesus lives a Christian life. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Without him in you, forget it. So many people, they're they're all about Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Hey, he didn't come to speak of himself. He came to reveal Jesus. He said, he's going to reveal what I say, what I do. Jesus said to the Father, he said, what I hear the Father say, that's what I speak. What I see the Father do, that's what I do. I hope that's your qualification for being Christian. You hear from God and you know God. I say that no preacher should get up in the pulpit unless he really hears from God. Any fool can make up a sermon. Any fool can string scriptures together. All he needs is a concordance. but you've got to hear God and I find a lot of people just don't hear God keep your mouth shut if you can't speak as the oracles of God the Pharisees had the scriptures Jesus said to them, search the scriptures in them you think you have life life's not in scripture, life's in Christ said you won't come to me that you might have life life's in the person of Christ you can know all the scriptures from back to front and inside out, but if you haven't got Jesus, I want to tell you you haven't got life. Life isn't in the Bible. You can stand on a scripture text, that won't bring you life. Jesus is life. Okay? Told you it's get you ready for a holiday, this. Hmm? Luke. Chapter 6 verse 45, a good man out of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Here, God says, why do you say Lord, Lord, if you don't do what I say? Well, you better hear God to know what he's saying. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them. And it's hearing and doing. And here's the problem. Without the hearing and doing, you have something false. Uh, And falseness is a terrible thing. Hypocrisy is play-acting. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my saying and doeth them, I'll show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like the man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Uh, I've taken the scriptures, a couple of the verses. Uh, The reason for it is this. Look, if you build a house, there's one man who builds deep foundations on rock and there's another man that builds a house they both look the same there's no way you can tell the difference between one house that a man's built and another house until the trials and the storms come when the storm and the trials come you find out what's really built and what it's built on but until then foundations are hidden You don't find out whether someone's really dug down and based their life on the word of God, on hearing and doing, until the real trials of life come. Then you find out. When the temptations comes and the fiery trials come, then you find out what a man really is. Both look identical. If you looked at them you'd say, my, lovely house. And the amazing thing is, it can look like the house of Jesus. But the foundation isn't built on hearing and doing, it's only built on hearing. And so there's religion and hypocrisy, they come to church, they have their their sing song, ding along, and they walk out the door and they don't live it. Now, there's always going to come a day when God's going to send a little trial. And then it gets a big trial, and down comes the house. Bang. And suddenly people say, I can't believe it. He was such a lovely person, whoosh, swept away. Why was he swept away? Well, there was a principle, you see, you have to hear and Do and Jesus said that person who hears and does is the man who builds it on a sure foundation ok, still with me those are the words of Jesus aren't they right now from this point on you want to fasten your seat belts. James 3 verse 12 Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain yield salt water and fresh. Uh, James 3, verse 13 Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, that's a manner of life, his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envyings and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Now look, there's wise men endued with knowledge. And then there's the fools... Who basically are always for disputation, arguing, lying, raging, foaming, mad. You know the type of people? Hello? You know the peace of God which passes all understanding should be in your heart and life. see there's two types of wisdom but the wisdom that is from above that's what we've got is first pure then peaceable gentle easy to be entreated full of mercy and good fruits without partiality without hypocrisy that means there's no play acting no pretense you are what you are someone came to me once and they said the amazing thing about you is you are in the pulpit what you are outside of course i am I'm me. I don't have a pulpit voice. I don't have a pulpit manner. And I don't have a pulpit language. What I speak outside is what you hear inside. If you don't like it, clear off. I don't care. God didn't call me to be something different. I'm not going to put a plum in my mouth and... Oh, God bless you. You know, I mean, that's not me. God will bless you if you do as he says. And if you don't, you're in trouble stop your nonsense Uh, I don't care what you think God made me me after he made me he threw the mould away he said only one on the earth needs to be him after he made you he wondered why he ever made that mould everyone's an individual aren't they I tell you what I can't stand when people mimic other people. Hypocrisy, play acting. Uh, I'm me. I'm unique. You're unique. God doesn't want you to pretend to be someone you're not. God wants you to be you. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year except every leap year. God wants you to be normal. But he wants the life of Christ in that earthen vessel of yours. And he wants to show forth his power and his glory through you. But he doesn't want you not to be you. For years, people used to tell me that, you know, I was too abrupt, too this, too that. Uh, Well, I'm still me. My wife thinks I'm wonderful, and she's a good judge. Is this church built on charisma? No, I don't have any. I, I'm I'm just not, you know, one of these people that can smile and you know, God bless you, you know, the Lord loves you, you know, you know, greasy, slimy hypocrite. I can't stand that. You know, it's like grease paint. I mean, we've got to be what we are, haven't we? Huh? You can't be something else. proverbs 26 verse 8 our big problem in the church is right here and I, I want to come to it see there's there's the wisdom from above and then there's the wisdom from below and the trouble is that people don't recognize which wisdom's operating which spirit's operating and, and they get mixed up and confused Proverbs, and I want to talk about deception and lying, because the devil's a liar. Alright? Are we all agreed the devil's a liar? Hmm? So anyone who lies is basically of the seed of the devil. Or he's abandoned the ways of God. Is that right? A lying tongue Proverbs 26 verse 8 Hateth those that are afflicted by it And a flattering mouth worketh ruin What? Where are you? 26 verse 8 Is that what I said? What? 28 is it? 20 verse 8. No. What? 26, 28. Thank you very much. 26, 28. Okay, I wrote it down. 26, 28. Is that it? All right, I'll read it again so you don't miss it. Make a note of it. Stamp it on your hand. A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. You know one of the things I can't stand is flattery. People flatter. They say, "Oh, you know, um, that's lovely." In fact, the whole of the business world is based on flattery. The spirit of this world and the generation based on flattering people. Don't ever do it. It shows you hate them. When you lie, it shows you're full of hate that's the spirit of the devil the devil hates God when he comes and speaks a lie he speaks of his own why? his hatred is against God's people and anyone that lies shows he hates people and he hates the person he lies to that's what the Bible says now you might not recognize that at the bottom of lying is hatred but it is God says so and I happen to believe God now there's some other versions that put it probably more succinctly. Don't ever read them, but I want to tell you what they say. Uh, that was the King James Version. The Living Bible says that Flattery is a form of hatred and wounds cruelly. Revised Standard Version. A lying tongue hates its victims. And a flattering mouth works ruin. And the scepter again. A lying tongue hateth truth. And a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Lying is something. uh, And by lying I'm talking about half truth. I'm talking about not telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. People, when they react with other people, truth is an ingredient. And if you speak a lie, you're showing your hatred to people. That's what God says. Now you might not agree with it, but that doesn't make it wrong. That's what God says. And flattery is a deadly disease. People think, you know, to flatter someone. Why? When I went on sales courses when I was a man at 23, 24, they said, when you walk into someone's office, say, oh, what a nice picture. What? Show interest in them. Flatter them. Well, I was never very good at flattery. Have you noticed? I just don't like it. I'm not one of those people that go, oh, how nice. I'm not one to kind of, I, I just, one in my nature, you see. God met me by the Holy Ghost, and I found flattery is detestable, and yet it's in the church. This kind of smarmy pretend, I can't. Have a nice day. Well, you really mean I wish you'd fall over and break your neck, you know, you irritate me. How nice. God says it's a curse. All right? Are you still with me? Don't lie ever. You see, you go out of the ways of God, you immediately align yourself with the spirit of the devil when you start lying. Proverbs six, verse twenty. My son, keep thy father's commandments and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, the law is light, and reproof of instruction are the way of life glory to God you know mum and dad God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Ghost their commandments are light and they're the way to life don't ever think you can go and disobey and lie and cheat and God is going to say it's okay it isn't what you are is what you are and you've got to change your lifestyle and go God's way. It's called repentance. And you're not a Christian if you don't live by the cross. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow Him. You lie when you want to cover up the truth, don't you? Hmm? That's what it is, it's covering. When people get caught out, they lie. God intends us to be people our yes is yes and our no is no and whatsoever is more than that is sin men of integrity integrity is a word that doesn't exist in our nation anymore but the truth is true And the church of Jesus Christ isn't of that spirit of the world. It's of the spirit of God. And we call truth, truth. And we live by truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. A lie will bind you. Lying is not part of the spirit of God. You've no truth in you at all if you're a liar. That's what the Bible says. I believe it. It Goes on. My son you keep the father's commandments. Verse 24. To keep thee from the evil woman. Of the tongue of a strange woman. What's a strange woman? It's the wisdom that comes from earth. The sensual. The wisdom that's earthly. is destructive in James. And it's talking of that. And Proverbs seven verse two. Proverbs seven verse two. Here's God's word to you. It says, "Keep my commandments and live. And my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman." That they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the, strange, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at a window of my house I looked through my casement, and beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. You know, in youth there's lack of wisdom. Passing through the street near her corner. And he went the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And behold there met him a woman. With the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. Verse 21. With a much fair speech she caused him to yield. And with the flattering of her lips she forced him. I tell you that's hatred. It's talking. Of the mother of harlots, Babylon. Okay. Uh, It's talking of spiritual harlots. Uh, And I'm just going to come on to that. Let me tell you what happens. You see, when you live in life, lies are very deceptive and subtle. People catch you out with their flattery. People, when they want to win you... They want to tell you all flattering things. And if you're gullible enough to believe flattery, you're going to get trapped. Truth demands that you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. Flattery tells you how rich God's going to make you. What a wonderful gift you have from God. What great abilities you have. How God's going to expand you and take you. How God's going to lift you up. Hey, let me tell you something. The one who's lifted up, his name is Jesus. The one who's glorified, his name is Jesus. The one who's glorified, his name is Jesus. (laughs) We've come to worship him. We've come to lay our lives at his feet. We've come to cast our crowns before him. We've come to be followers of the lamb. The one thing we haven't come to do is to aspire to our ambition. Ego has no place in the church of God. If you're building for yourself I'll tell you what you're building. You're building on sand. And when the trials come, that big edifice you built is going to come crashing down. And it will come down because it was never built on a right foundation. The word of God. Christ. Hey, when God lifts a man, he lifts a man who's humbled himself. When man lifts himself, he's a fool. You see, any man can lift himself. But when he has, it'll take integrity to keep him there. If he hasn't built it in God, he's coming down. If it's not built on truth and the foundation of life, it'll be destroyed. That's wood, hay, and stubble. It'll be burnt with fire. Revelation 17. Revelation 17 verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vows and talked with me saying unto me come hither and I will show thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of the names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations of filthiness of a fornication and upon her forehead was, was a name written mystery Babylon the great the mother of harlots an abomination of the earth and I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus and when I saw her I wondered with great admiration and the angels said unto me wherefore didst thou marvel I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her which hath the seven heads and ten horns and so on look you have to understand this I think it was George Fox the founder of the Quaker movement tremendous man of God they said when he was 18 if they'd burn every Bible in the world he'd have written one from memory Man, used in revival, first, you know, way before Azusa Street. was George Fox, filled with the Holy Ghost, prophesying, moving in all the gifts and power of the Holy Ghost. And if you ever get his journals, make sure you get it before the 8th edition, because after that, they doctored it and took out all the prophetic words. And therefore you get uh, something that's not worth having. Uh, But he was one of the first generation. Only the first generation Quakers. William Penn, James Naylor, Isaac Pennington. They're the only ones worth reading. Don't read the rest. Because they went into quietism. But when they were moving in the power of the Spirit. And when they were moving in the gifting and power. uh, George Fox spoke forth the word of God. Tremendous. He used to go and challenge everywhere. Uh, got beaten for his troubles. Uh, got into a lot of problems, you know. And he said this, and I, it's something I believe that every single person at some point in their life has Babylon within them. Religion comes within. And that woman and harlot has to be cast out of the heart. Because always there's two things working there's the spirit that works in the children of disobedience, that's Babylon. And if that's not cast down, I'll tell you what happens. If you adopt Christian ways and you give your heart to Jesus and you just accept Jesus and you don't really change your lifestyle and you don't get born again, I'll tell you who will sit in your heart. Someone decked in pearls, someone decked in fine jewels, someone with all the beauty, someone with purple, someone with scarlet and everyone will think the house that you're building is a good Christian house unfortunately, the spirit that's working there isn't the spirit of Christ. And God took him and gave him a vision. And he began to see how the harlot was in many... Anyway, I'll show you how it works. A woman arrayed in purple and scarlet colour and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. Drunken with the blood of the saints, verse six. Verse seventeen, go down to there. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfil his will. This is the um kings of the earth, to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest in that great city, which reigneth over the kings of the earth, and after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, verse 4 and I heard another voice from heaven saying come out of her my people now let me say something right here where were God's people where were they God's saying come out of her you see The spirit of the world and the way of the world and the dominion of that spirit, the people of God are in her. God says, come out of her. There's two ways to accumulate wealth. There's the way of the harlot and there's the way of God. And the trouble is, success oriented people don't discern the two ways. There's the wisdom of the world and there's the wisdom of God. There's the spirit of God and the spirit of the serpent. And there's two operations going on all the time. And a lot of Christians are operating in the line of deception. They're living for themselves. You're, you can get wealth, you can succeed. Why? You can become loaded. But I want to tell you this. God says come out of her. God says don't be party to that spirit, that way, that lie. You see living for yourself and living for your ambitions and living for what you want instead of fulfilling God's will makes you part of the harlot. There's only one way out. It's called Calvary. But Calvary doesn't mean a one-off experience. It means a way of life. A way of living. Calvary demands that a man lays down his life and never takes it up again. Calvary demands a total abandonment of everything you are to God. That's what Calvary. And if you don't do that, I want to tell you, as night follows day, you're in Babylon. You can deck yourself with jewels, you can deck yourself with gold, you can deck but you're an abomination to God. And everything you build is an evil thing. And God says, come out of her. And that's the way it is. Every man's building something. The foundation laid, Jesus Christ and him crucified. What you build on it, I find a lot of people came into a real experience of God. God met them, and then they left the ways of God and they went after the ways of the world. See, the ways of the world are easy, the way of God's a lot easier. But people are foolish. They think the ways of the world are easy, there's a price to pay. You've gone quiet. Okay, let's go on. Ah. Be you not partakers of her sins, that you receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, fill. To her double. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow. Hey, just a minute. I want to tell you something. If you live for yourself to live deliciously, I want to tell you what's going to happen to you. You're in the wrong place. You're in Babylon. I find a lot of people, if God's prospered you, what are you using your prosperity for? God or yourself? Who are you living for? What's your purpose in life? What's the whole wellspring of your heart? To be like Jesus. you make choices in life I find a lot of people make choices bigger house, bigger car bigger this, bigger that fool it's all going to burn you got treasure in heaven you remember widow's mite and the rich man poured, threw in threw in plenty but what he didn't put in was his life The widow put in all she had. (laughs) Not a good gospel. See, the cross, the cross is the way of life. But in this day and age, comfort and living deliciously is the way of the church. but whose church not God's how much she hath glorified herself I hope you've come out of her God said it's my people that are there Come out. Don't partake of her sins. See, the way she lives and her spirit is not the spirit of Christ. Now, I don't believe we should live in poverty. I'm not suggesting that for one moment, because we'll always succeed. But with our success, what do we do? Um, For who do we live? That's a real question and issue, isn't it? i know what i believe there's a hurting world out there there's thousands that have never heard of christ (laughs) there are millions upon the earth jesus left me here to do a job he left you here to do a job now you can live for yourself or you can live for him and that's really where the issue comes Terrible to be found, you were a partaker of her sins. God says, Don't be. Don't have her plagues, because they're coming. Whew. Verse 20 Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets glory to God. I want to tell you, if you find a holy apostle and prophet, one thing he won't be doing is trying to get everyone to live for themselves. Do you know, I think a lot of this prosperity teaching is God bless me, give me abundance so I can spend it on myself. I would say this, God bless me. You know the man who led me to the Lord, his name was Demas Shikaran. I've got his book back in the bookshop. He a tremendous man of God. He was a multimillionaire. of his income went on the work of God. 10% went on himself. He built a house the same as all his workers. Never lived above their standard. Never wanted to live above them. He built a house identical for all his workers as he built for himself. Lived modestly, him and Rose. And his book is The Happiest People on Earth. See, God gave him abundance, but he knew how to use it. He didn't want to be part of Babylon. smart man i don't meet many like that earl pickett was the same 90 percent of everything turkey he reared turkeys did earl pickett and his wife turkey farmer used to live for himself one day he came into a meeting where god was he was dressed in a white suit Immaculate white suit, got ill, was invited along to a full gospel businessmen's meeting. He went there because he thought they were businessmen. He could con them out of a few dollars. And he went there and everything went fine until there was an appeal. And suddenly he found himself thrown off his chair and rolling on the carpet. And he said, he rolled on the carpet and cried out to God for mercy. He said, when he got up, this proud man who always wore immaculate white suit stood up and he said he was covered from head to foot in filth when he looked down at himself and he realized that God had taken him into the dust changed his life God wants to lift us up the devil eats the dust but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be there to lift others up there's a sin sick world there's a hurting people you need to realize what are you living for Yourself, me and mine. Got to be a change. Look at this. Rejoice over her, you holy apostles and prophets. God have avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found... That's right. I, I, I find one of the things that worries me is when people think that singing and, and if if it's not the truth of God and the word of God that's being sung, what are we singing it for? If it's not the truths and I won't sing a lot of Christian music because the words are lies. Don't agree with the the New Testament, New Covenant, I'm not singing it. I'll sing what I believe. That's it. I'm not going to confess to a lie. Um, shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he should be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Hey, the great men of the earth, the merchants of the earth, the wealthy people of the earth, they were all in Babylon. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints, and of all that was slain upon the earth. My, you know there's a way to get wealth that's wrong. And there's a way to get wealth that's right. And one looks the same as the other. The house that's built looks identical. But the principle on which it's built is different. You see, truth is true. A lie is a lie. A half-truth is a half-truth. God wants us to be people of integrity. Our yes is yes and our no is no. It will prosper you if you tell the truth. Don't you ever, ever say that God won't. God said he'll bless the work of your hands if you have integrity. But some of you are two-faced little sniveling wretches who con people and lie and deceive. And you wonder why God's not blessing you. I'll tell you why he's not blessing you. Because that's what you are. And some of you get away with it and get blessed. But you've got it from the spirit of Babylon. Watch out. There's coming a day when no tradesmen will be left in them. And you'll partake of their plagues. Truth is true. Don't ever, ever compromise your Christian faith. Don't ever agree to lie. Don't ever, ever bend the truth. Truth is true. That's the way to build life don't ever go the other way (laughs) you say well it'll cost me a lot to tell the truth it'll cost you more to lie don't ever be a partaker of their sins don't ever see but no one likes to believe that it's called integrity it's a missing ingredient Proverbs 18 verse 2. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that he his heart may discover itself. You know, they, they, people are just foolish. They listen to their own heart. Lots of people say, ah, oh, it's what well, I feel in my heart God wants me. Listen, I don't care what your heart says, what does God say? Get off your nonsense. And what God says. Look, God will lift you up, but you've got to humble yourself. God will exalt you in due time. Trouble is, you want the time to be then. When the wicked come, verse 3, then cometh also contempt, and with ignominy reproach. The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. It is not good to accept the person of the wicked to overthrow the righteous in judgment look it's not good to accept the person of the wicked there there are people I just won't get involved with I find people in the church will go out with people I'd never go with they'll talk they'll make friends with people I wouldn't have anything to do with people hey if someone wants to live like a devil forget it I don't want to know him why? I'm just not going to make friends with the wicked the world and I just aren't going to get on Someone wants to live like a devil? Clear off. I don't want to know. You say, well, you want to win the loss. Sure, I want to win the loss. I'll tell you this. There's a lot of hurting, needy people out there that want to know the way of life. Talk to them. But the people who are in wickedness, leave them alone. A lot of people just got snared by the enemy. Hey, they need help. That's why we're on the earth. But there's a lot of people that they just want to argue with you. Forget it. I go to someone and they say, oh, I don't believe in God. I'm not going to argue with them. God called me to preach the gospel, to call men to repentance. But I find there's a lot of hurting people out there, sick people out there, needy people out there that have never heard. And when they hear their eyes light up and hope comes to their heart, they're the people we go after. The others, let them go. Too many Christians think you can make friendships with them. You can't. The devil's unfriendly. Unless you want to worship him. I don't like him. A fool's lips enter into contention, his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his distraction, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, they go down into the innermost part of the belly. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. Hey, there's people that are just slothful. They don't ever work. They don't get up and do anything. They're just lazy bums. Well, they're brothers of the wasters. Don't get involved with them. Someone wants poverty, it's because they deserve it. They work for it. Or they don't. Verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Amen. How many of you have heard that scripture before? What about the one under it? That's more important to look at. The rich man's wealth is his strong city and has a high wall in his own conceit. When someone gets success, that becomes their strong tower. They trust in money instead of trusting in God. I start saying, you know, well, we're successful. Money is not a strong tower and it's not a strong city. People think it is. They're going to soon find it runs out on them. Was that plain? Love of money is the root of all evil, isn't it? Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And before honor is humility. The rich man's wealth is his strong. It's a shame when someone succeeds, their arrogance and pride and the haughtiness comes. That's called ego. But I want to tell you what happens. It's part of Babylon. Devil said to Jesus, all these things will I give you, and the glory of all the earth. All you've got to do is fall down and worship me. Compromise. Just a little thing. Say, well, it's all right, you know, it's not a big sin. look, you think you're secure with your money, I'll tell you what you are, you're a fool. Because what you can buy is salvation without money. What you can buy is the name of the Lord. There's a strong tower. You'll be safe there. But in Babylon, destruction's waiting for you. Psalm 51 verse 6. Behold, thou desireth truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom God desires truth in the inward parts the devil wants us to believe in the lie so all the time in the earth there's only two forces working truth and lies, truth and lies, truth and lies and the world's spirit is the spirit of the lie hey, God wants you to have it God wants to bless you John 8, 39 I'll finish with this I've I, I, you know, got warmed up for Sunday Sunday morning are you hearing what I'm saying? huh? you know everyone's you're either living truth or you're living a lie every one of you today you know I'm not talking about someone else I'm talking to you John 8, 39. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that have told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You you do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. Here's the Pharisees and Sadducees saying, God's our Father. Jesus said unto them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? you're of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaketh a lie he speaketh of his, of his own for he is a liar and the father of it and because I tell you the truth you believe me not the truth is that I can tell people but they won't believe me I'll tell you what happens when you tell people the truth they want to kill you part of the package if you want to be a preacher know this tell people the truth they get mad at you they come and they say oh please tell me the truth you start to tell them the truth they get mad get angry I often say to people when they come to me you don't want to hear what I've got to say anyway so why waste your time? A lot of people come asking advice. Tell them. I know they won't do what, what you tell them. They really don't want to hear from God. Often I'll just answer according to the idols in their heart. It's quite easy. All I say to them is, well, what do you feel? And they tell me what they feel. And I said, that sounds fine to me. If it doesn't violate the principles of God, I'll say that sounds fine. Because they're going to do what they want anyway. They're just like my seal of approval on it. And then they'll say, you know, God told me. No, he didn't. If you come to a prophet, watch out. He'll answer you according to the idols in your heart. That's why you have to be careful how you ask. What you ask. But usually people hate that. You know, if the truth comes, they hate it. If they don't want to go God's way, they're going to hate you. That's why being a pastor is a good job. One of the most popular in the world, you know. You get up and preach and people get mad. Some of you sitting here, that are real angry. Oh, that's fine. What do you expect? It just shows what spirit you're of, you know. Because you live in Babylon. I don't care. If I worried about what you thought about me, I wouldn't preach at all. I don't care what people think, frankly. I care what my God thinks. I came to please him. In the volume of the book it is written, I came to do thy will, O God. People say, whoa, whoa. But anyway, most people will always do what they want to do. See, the cross doesn't come into it. But for the Christian I don't want to do what I want to do I want to do what God wants In the end I want to go God's way Don't you? Huh? Now there's two types of people There's people that deny themselves Take up their cross and follow him And there's people that just want to do They want God to bless them They don't want to go to hell Uh, They don't want to uh, find that they're rejected So they'll kind of make a a conditional agreement with God. Unfortunately, that doesn't work. Because you end up in Babylon. End up with a lie. End up a hypocrite. Put a mask on when you come into church. Nice to see you. God wants us to be real. God wants us to live the way he intends. Hey, Christianity is a lifestyle. He came that we might have life, his life, and life more abundant. Amen? <laughs> he came to give me peace. Peace of God which passeth all understanding. He came to, to deal, bring truth in the inward part you know it's wonderful God's truth is the most wonderful thing I love truth tell you I've got some old books of some of the old writers some of the books are very valuable my wife says if our house caught fire and it was burning down I'd rescue the books before I'd rescue her she's probably right Uh, you know some of them are irreplaceable. What's in them is so precious. <laughs> the books I'm talking about. Well, she can rescue herself, for goodness' sake. Help me carry the books out. You know, I, I treasure. You know, I find I find Christians come to church. They there's some of you leave your Bibles by the seat you know in the choir I've seen the choir members leave their Bibles by. what are they reading all week oh I love Jesus well don't you want to know what he says don't you treasure the truths of God bind them upon your fingers Write them on the tables of your heart. How do you do that? Word of God's precious. There's a light to my path. If you want to change your life, don't think it's someone laying hands on you and you fall over. it's you have to obey what God says. Whatever He says, do it. That brings life. What brings the word of God alive in you is when you start doing what God says. Oh, you say, well, don't you believe in being baptized in the Holy Ghost? Yes, I do. But he gives the Holy Spirit to them that obey him. Hmm? It's a question of who am I going to obey? Am I going to live for Jesus or am I going to live for myself? Who are you living for? We live to glorify him. To be like Jesus. That's really what it's about. Oh yeah, I I don't believe we should live in poverty. God blesses us. But let's use the blessing for the right things. Hmm? Let's be a blessing in the earth. Uh, my heart cries that I might have a trumpet voice on all the world to call to bid their hearts rejoice in him who died for all I don't believe you, you, you kind of need to go extreme this isn't extreme this is just the beginning you know, living your life for Jesus is, is just what it's about whatever job you're in, wherever you are you've got to live for him If he prospers you, bless his work. If he lifts you up, give him the glory. You know, he's everything. That's if you're a Christian. But if you're part of Babylon, come out of her. Don't trust in riches. Trust in God. Don't trust in success because a rich man thinks it's a strong city but I want to tell you it's not going to last but Jesus he's eternal and if he lives in you and you live in him you'll be a blessing in the earth all nations of the earth will be blessed by you don't you want to bless every nation don't you want to be what God wants you to be see it takes integrity it takes truth that's what it's about what are you living for maybe you started off the right way and suddenly it drifted off you forgot who should be the center of your life but to live for Jesus means the cross has to be the center of everything You don't make it that. Jesus was crucified. Ever since that day, men have tried to find an easier way. But the easier ways fail. That's what the Marichal said. She's right. There is no easier way than the Jesus way. It's the only way. It's called Calvary. I don't find many people want that. They want to be told how God will prosper you, bless you, increase you. How God will make you rich. Yeah, but I'd rather have the riches of heaven. Wouldn't you? Hmm? Some of you might have started that way and somehow got diverted. Some of you have lived with lies all the time it's time to start living both truth you need truth in the inward part some of you think wealth is, and success is the answer wealth and success is no answer especially if you're part of Babylon you'll be found out because that millstone's coming down Just the way it is. Tonight, where are you? God won't rob you, he wants to give you everything, life. It's not a loss you'll make, it's a gain. To give up your life to have his is great gain, because you're a crummy creature and God is good. He's creative, you're destructive. But that's the question tonight for each one. Let's pray, close your eyes. You know, I can get up and preach, but it's what you do with what you hear is what counts. The wise man heard the word and did it. The fool heard it and did nothing. Now you can dodge, you can make excuses in your heart, you can say all sorts, but in the end, you have a choice. God won't compel you. God won't force you. He says, come out of her, my people. Be you separate. Don't touch the unclean thing. Don't get involved. Don't be a partaker of her sins. God wants truth in the inward part. Are you living for him tonight? That's the only question. Have you taken up your cross, denied yourself? Are you building his house or your house? Can you say, I'm part of his house. I'm part of what he's doing.